Now here's something for everyone. In the olden times, if you were watching TV and nature called, you'd have to get up and walk to the bathroom. It was the hardest thing in the world to do. But now, with the lazy man reclining toilet chair, you can just lean back and let her rip. <laughs> Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. <laughs> That's a good joke. I like that. <laughs> It's a good joke. It's a bad invention, but it's a good yes, joke. I would agree. Uh, welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, well, Bart, everybody. Well, Bart didn't seem to think so. Uh, he loved <laughs> it. He it, loved yeah. it. Uh, this is your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. We're in the final season. My name is Greg. My name is Alan. And today we are talking about the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. And boy, are... <laughs> I'm excited about it because I kind of like this episode. Interesting. Yeah. It's a crazy, it's a crazy wild ride. I will say that. Yes, it is. Uh, and we'll dive into it, of course. It's not boring. It's not boring. Yeah. We can say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Al, real quick, uh, how have you been? Oh, about the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe we'll try to play Hero Quest after we're done. That'd be fun. With this. this that would be fun. We got some D&D coming up, which is fun. <laughs> um, as we've talked about many times on this podcast yeah. uh, about our various D&D campaigns, but uh, we're starting a new one. That's right. We're starting. Which will be a lot of fun. We're starting my my groom's party. Yeah, yeah you like your wedding my campaign, wedding party, essentially. Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> campaign, which includes my sister Carly. And... Your bride as the and DM. Allie is the DM. <laughs> I've never played with Allie as the DM, and I have never played Dungeons and Dragons with my sister. I don't think she's ever played. I think the closest she's come is playing Warhammer versus Barbie. I mean, that's a classic, uh, classic game that we've game. all played. <laughs> classic tabletop <laughs> adventures in our old basement. But also, Greg, yeah. you and I have never played together. That's true. You've always been my DM, or yeah. the brief time I DM'd very, very briefly during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah, a player. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Me too. It's going to be a I lot mean, of fun. We did do a one-off once that we, I think we... We got along quite well. Yeah, yeah. We are, it was like a, kind of a Freak the Mighty situation, <laughs> if I remember correctly. <laughs> I was a gunslinging gnome. <laughs> And you were a bigger guy. Yeah, I was a big guy, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, jump on my back." Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it, it was fun. I was like, "What's the uh, banjo kazooie?" Yeah, sure. Your, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to belabor. Sorry, Freak the Mighty was too much of an oblique reference for you. You got to talk banjo. I, I don't actually know who Freak the Mighty is. So. Oh, it's an old book. Oh, I shouldn't say old, but well, like I am seventy three. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to our one thing that I do want to plug before we jump into the actual meat of this episode, mm. and that is there's another uh, Boathouse Studios episode dropping today That's right. on our Patreon. It is our commentary of The Phantom Menace, the episode that nobody asked for. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. That's make right. sure people don't confuse it with the other movies maybe called Phantom Menace. I don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah. There's, a, I think, a French film. Sure. La Phantom <laughs> Menace. Phantom Menace. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's bring our guest in because this is a very special. Uh, this is a very special guest. Yes. Um, my family bingo is complete. <laughs> I've done it. It is. We we did it. It's my dad. It's John Wilson, all the way from Victoria, the island. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Dad? I'm well. I'm uh, I'm doing well. It's uh, it's a beautiful sunny day here. It stopped raining for six hours, so now everything's forgiven. <laughs> people, people are out in the uh, in the uh, 
in the, the sunshine. sunshine. Yeah, it's sunny so here it's too, which is a little odd. Yeah, considering the time of year, we had one huge snowfall in December, and then nothing since. Now that's <laughs> I guess it's over. I guess it's well global uh, warming. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, knock on wood there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've never, I've never, uh, you know, coming from Alberta and uh, and coming west to the wet coast, I thought, yeah, you know. It's a little exaggeration. I have never seen so much rain in my life. Oh yeah, and so uh, yeah, it's but it's sunny today, and uh, you know, we'll as someone who uh, has experienced both Alberta winters and now uh, BC uh, winters, I guess. <laughs> um, which do, do you have a preference? Do you prefer the rain over the snow, or do you do you like the snow as a bit better? Right now, I'm uh, I'm going to the I'm going to bring on the rain. It's yeah. it's it's, uh, it's green. It's uh, yeah. You know, it's 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 green, and uh, it's not the uh, the binary uh, the binary world of Alberta where it's <laughs> live or dead. Right. <laughs> That's fair. That is that is really it, nice. But it does get a little damp. Nothing uh, an umbrella, a uh, new set of boots, and uh, a lot of Gore-Tex can't uh, can't handle. So yeah, it's pretty good so far. No. <laughs> No heated mitts, no heated socks, no, yeah, anyways, you get the point. I do get the point, and I'm just wishing I could be there. Uh, but, so, you know, they're talking about shutting down interprovincial travel entirely yeah, now, so whatever. Going on. Um, so you mentioned uh, your family, Bingo. You've got your all your family members have been on the podcast. I've had one. Yep. Um, I'd like to, you know try and catch up to you in some way this this final season we'll yep. see if we can get my brother on at least i would love to have kevin on yeah. the show yeah that would i think be heather great. might be interested too she's yeah. been a longtime fan of ours long-time way back fam, in the Cinepal mostly days. of the Cinepals, yeah um my father however i have no idea now th- this brings me to my question for john what is what is it like being a supportive and loving father to your oh son <laughs> It's a lifetime of it's a lifetime commitment and a and a and a and experience. So <laughs> great, and you get to do you get to do stuff like this. It's true. Yeah, you get to, you get to listen to the uh, you get to listen to all the good stuff. You know the the kids they uh, they they always call mom when it's always good stuff, and they always call dad when there's <laughs> shit going. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but this one here is uh, is is just I'm just this is just good fun and. Uh, you know the, uh, the the mention to Dungeons and Dragons and you know the the dungeon master and all that because uh, because the sister called and said I got this three hundred page manual that I have to read to do Dungeons and Dragons and uh, and knowing his knowing his sister she'll do the three hundred page manual so oh yeah. You know, my, uh, my my advice to you is be careful what you wish for. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I sent it to her when she yeah. asked me. Like, because if uh, literally, if anyone else in the universe asked me, are there any manuals I need to read to play this game? I would say no. You can just come and learn it as you go. But because Carly asked me, I was like, absolutely. Here's the player's handbook. Read it. Yeah. knowing full well that she would read it because she's a lawyer and that means she loves rules more than anyone. Yes. That and, and uh, you know, not to, not to uh, dump on Carly or anything, but you know, <laughs> she would probably be the only one that would read the manual in a new car. Oh, wow. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas most people learn how to drive it by feel. Yeah. yeah so I, I thought she would enjoy it, which is why I sent it to her. And I think she yeah. would, and I think she will actually enjoy it. She'd make a great DM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, because she'll do all the reading. 
I just kind of stumble around and figure it out as I go. I remember when I was in driving school and they would say that, you know, uh, be sure to read the full manual of a car. <laughs> and I, at the time, I took it to heart. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a thing everyone does. And then as I got older, I'm like, nobody does that. <laughs> I don't need no. to either. <laughs> yeah. No, no the, uh, they get, get you at the 16 chapters of safety instructions right. to get, <laughs> you know, put the key in here, right? So, yeah. 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 So uh, we should do that segment that we haven't done in a really long time. That's true. Because we can only do this particular segment when it's a brand new guest who we've never had on the show before. And that segment is, what's your story? And basically what that question is, it's for you, Dad. Um, what <laughs> is <laughs> yeah? What is your story when it comes to the show that we're talking about today, when it comes to The Simpsons? How do you know The Simpsons? How what what is your familiarity with the show? And um, if you have a favorite episode, <laughs> what might that be? Uh, so tell us your story. Well, it's uh, that's an interesting one because uh, do I have a favorite episode? No, yeah. um, I, I kind of like this one that we're we're about to talk about. And uh, but you know, to date myself and stuff, I was. Uh, I was in Atlanta, Georgia in 1989, 1988, somewhere around there, I think. And I'm, uh, if you, you know, if you've ever been to Atlanta, Atlanta has this cool place called the Atlanta Underground. Ooh. And it's essentially, you know, after they burned Atlanta and all this kind of stuff, this thing popped up and it was an easy way of, I'm sure there's other history around it, but there's this, thing called the Atlanta underground. And, uh, I went one night after the courses that I was taking were over and I'm downtown Atlanta tooling around and, and every store that I went to had this thing going on with Bart Simpson. <laughs> he was everywhere you, turned, it was, everywhere you turned, it was Bart Simpson. <laughs> and then there was Maggie Simpson and the, the Simpsons were everywhere through the Atlanta underground. And, uh, um, I think I, uh, I had no idea who, uh, Bart Simpson was. And so I, I went back to the hotel and, you know, probably a couple days later, I'm flipping through the channels and there's this, you know, the, the same, I think it was the same opening as, uh, as, uh, as, 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 as I saw today, like, you know, 10 seasons into it and, I watched it and I don't remember what it was, but I laughed my freaking head off. <laughs> and and then I got it as to why Bart Simpson was everywhere. And by the time I had been down there for a couple of weeks, and by the time I uh, I got uh, I got um, back to uh, back to the airport, Bart Simpson was all through the Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. So that that's why I remember this. And at the time, I thought it was kind of funny because. I was down there because I worked in the nuclear power industry hmm. and there's this dude, Bart Simpson, um, oh, sorry, Homer Simpson yeah. and the, the whole, you know, spent the fuel metal rod, or the, the rod in his back. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it was really, really close to, uh, probably too close to the, to the Chernobyl thing that, uh, and that was the reason I was actually in Atlanta was working on stuff for, <laughs> We were analyzing for Chernobyl that, that happened uh, a couple of years a couple of years before that, or three or four years before that. So, 
that's that's how I remember the damn Simpsons and, uh, <laughs> and the the Atlanta Underground and Bart being everywhere. So yeah. So that was your initial experience with seeing what would become known as uh, the pop culture phenomenon of Bartmania. Uh, is I uh, yeah, basically so 80, that's eighty nine would have been the year because that's yeah. when the, sh- the show premiered. That that's how they promoted yeah. the show was using Bart as their uh, mascot essentially yeah. and later seasons like almost immediately after season two it becomes a lot more about Homer yeah. because he's a lot more malleable you can do a lot more with Homer just as a character because he's an adult and adults have more to do in life they have more, much more agency but after coming home from Atlanta I'm born in 1989 <laughs> <laughs> I know this for a fact. Yeah. <laughs> I know this for a fact. Uh, it's on several documents that okay. I have. Yeah. I and, mean, I'd like to see the long form. But, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and It wasn't until 889. Yes. There you go. <laughs> right. Uh, so when, when I'm uh, like, when I'm a kid, when I'm like um, in grade three or something, I feel like it's when we move to Alberta and I'm trying to make new friends and it's in the, it's in the slot between when I have friends and when I don't that I really start getting into The Simpsons because it plays all the time, hour-long slots, back-to-back in the afternoons. Do you remember this at all? No. No? All right. <laughs> well, never mind. No, well, no I was probably, no, I was, <laughs> honestly, I was probably down in Atlanta again or some other right, place. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, um, the, the, the common thread that we get with a lot of our guests, as a lot of them are, you know, our Gen X slash millennial age, um, is that their parents didn't allow them to watch The Simpsons. Like, it was this kind of, like, weird phenomenon that it was it became this huge show, and Bart yeah. became the mascot. And so parents, a lot of parents, saw Bart as this little miscreant who was going to teach kids the wrong thing, so they banned the show from them. And so we have a lot of our guests say how, like, yeah, my parents didn't let me watch it. And so I'd had to watch it, like, out of friends or, like, surreptitiously after uh, after dark and stuff like that. Um, so I am curious, like, as a parent around that time, was that ever on your mind? Were you ever like, you know, my kids are not getting this dumb Bart no. Simpson jerk? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. And, uh, uh, you know, Greg and Greg and his sister, they got to watch pretty much anything they wanted because we would we would – well, uh, not pretty much. They got to watch whatever. They wanted. <laughs> yeah, it was more uh, with Greg. It was like, okay, you watch this and tell me what whether or not this is worth looking at. And uh, that's great. And I love that. It was, uh, and it was more around, uh, okay, uh, Greg, what what the hell did they just say? What, what, what was going on here? So, you know, the the phrase "okay, boomer," you know, because yeah, yeah, boomers yeah. are stu- stupid or, or whatever. <laughs> Um, no, we, uh, we didn't, there was no restrictions in our house. It was, you know, we talked about things after uh, a lot, if it was a little bit, um, like risque or, yeah, you know, but, uh, no, uh, and that, I think that, I think that, um, that, that led to doing stuff like this. It's creativity. It's, it's art. It's what it is. Um, and art is not something that gets to be hidden away. Art is something that people should talk about. And it spurs conversations. Like, you know, seriously, the, the conversations around our dinner table were mm-hmm. always about movies, uh, shows, uh, plays. Uh, Hold on. You're telling me Greg Wilson and- liked to talk about movies a lot? 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that tracks. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it wasn't something that we did. There's no, there was no reason to hide it. It was yeah. something that somebody's putting out there and it needed to be talked about. And as long as you talk about that stuff and you have a parent that's, or parents or, or, or a family unit or something, whatever you want to call it these days, as long as you have that uh, to be able to help kids rationalize what it is, yeah. I think that there's no fear there. So, Can I just say that there was only one time that I can actually remember mom not allowing me to watch a movie? Um, mm-hmm. And it was, we rented... Uh, She's just around the corner here, so yeah. <laughs> I, I think she might remember this. Uh, it was when we rented Training Day, you know, the mm-hmm. Denzel Washington yeah. movie. And... Yeah. Uh, she, we watched it, and she said, "You will, we, we you won't watch that again. <laughs> you won't no. watch that again." And I asked her why, and it was because Denzel Washington shouldn't be acting that way. <laughs> <laughs> again, he's a good, uh, he's inter- a good man. Interpretation of art, right? I love that. Yeah. He's a good man, and he shouldn't be. He's acting a hero, that way. damn it. <laughs> He should not be a villain yeah. in a film. It was uh, it was the the one time that I remember her actually being like, "No, that's too much. Mm. It's it's too much." Um, naturally, I watched it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I eventually course. bought it on DVD because I liked that movie a lot. Well, and I mean that's the other thing is that you know uh, I I really appreciate all, all you're saying, John, about uh, allowing your kids to to watch what they want and then just talking about it. Yeah. Uh, because I think that is very healthy, and I think what Greg just touched on is the the whole concept of kids often rebelling against their parents. So if they're like, "Hey, don't do this," they want to do it even more. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what time. you know. Well, yeah, for you, yeah. but like you know, in general, like we, we were saying, like a lot of the people we have on the show, they say their parents had allowed them to watch it. So then they were like, "What is this like hidden secret show?" that i'm missing and i need to watch it more so now yeah um which is interesting but oh i remember watching crouching tiger hidden dragon with the family nice that was interesting that was an interesting night um be just because it's such a mystical and and like heroic and tragic movie and it's in mandarin yeah and it's like but it had it, it was at that time where like I was really starting to get into movies that had the little gold men on the cover that said Oscar nominations right. <laughs> and all that sort of thing. And so we always had to we had to find all the Oscar movies. And I, I think that that really that really helped. And the fact that you were able to um, basically accept the fact that your son really wanted to watch movies that probably weren't made for him but uh, uh discuss them afterwards was like extremely helpful and it uh, definitely made me uh more uh, articulate and eloquent when i talk about work works of art as you've just described them as um but so that's i guess that's that's your story with the simpsons that's yeah. that's my that's my story with the simpsons and 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 uh and you know you 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 look at it and that's a long time ago and that's a that's a and it's a show that that has been through you know this one here this had you know i i picked out a few things on this one that you know in the car it had the the word eight track on it and yeah. the in the on the radio and then references to bill clinton and stuff yeah. like that and you know how long this thing has gone on and uh and i I was watching it and I went, geez, I, I bet he's going to ask me about the Simpsons. 
when I get on here and, and where they where they fit into. And I, it was back in the Atlanta underground. Yeah, yeah that's cool. So, 30 some uh, 30 some years ago. Yeah. Is that was that like a was that like an art gallery? Was it like a club? Was it a place? Was it a like a venue? No, was it a movement? Yeah. The underground is uh, the underground's like uh, an underground version of the Path Fifteen and uh, or the 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 the, the over you know oh, the, the plus Fifteen and, yeah okay plus Fifteen and uh, oh, okay yeah. it's like a series of kind of tunnels and the Path system is the equivalent in Toronto it's a uh, it's the same idea. There's, there's stores underneath there. There's all kinds of stuff and they connect with tunnels and, and the Atlanta underground is exactly like the path system in Toronto and, and the subversion of the plus 15 in Calgary. Right. Only, so only do they imagine it. It's huge. Do they build that because, cause you mentioned the fire, which I, I'm aware of, but don't know a lot about, but do they kind of like this. Cause I went to Seattle once and they had a similar thing where Seattle like went up in flames and they built over top of the old city. Uh, to avoid that happening again, is that like a similar thing with Atlanta, where they kind of built on top, and so yeah. the underground was the old city in a sense? I think so. I think yeah. the I think there was something to do with that. It, obviously, Atlanta was. I think it was the uh, Civil War that it was completely, completely destroyed, with all that kind of stuff. But I don't know the. the I can't remember the details of right. what that was. But it it was at the time. Uh, this was before the Atlanta Olympics, obviously. Mm. Uh, and so it was kind of, and Atlanta was, uh, was not a, um, what I'd call a progressive, uh, up and coming metropolis at the time. It was a shithole really. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and this was, uh, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't, uh, it was actually pretty nice. I, I felt safe down there. It wasn't, wasn't a big deal, but, and there were all kinds of unique little stores and shops and stuff like that. Everything else in Atlanta at that time was done outside in uh, Marietta and, um, you know, off to one side where uh, CNN was just getting off the ground. Okay. You know, and there were signs like uh, uh, Chicken Noodle News Network and, you know, <laughs> CNN and that kind of thing. It was just, just getting off the ground then. So really really taking cnn down a peg chicken noodle chicken noodle news well okay it's harsh okay uh, he had a thing with doing this um i thought it was that for so long after it was it was acceptable to think it was that where i was like people were like oh cnn i'm like does that stand for chicken noodle news uh, and i'm like that's 13 awesome. thinking this that's too old to be thinking that yeah. and I, I didn't invent it i saw it in the uh probably in the store next to the bart simpson thing yeah, and, uh, right there's like two t-shirts there was bart simpson underachiever proud of it yeah. and then there was chicken noodle news network yeah um and the the flames yeah our our the beloved Atl flames were atlanta originally flames. Uh, atlanta flames yeah. so there you go yeah uh, obviously at that time 89 they were already they were, Calgary? Yes, they were already <laughs> in Calgary. They already they had a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Stanley Cup champs! Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, they have lost their first game of the season. But you know what, Greg? It's a long season. It's not as long not as, as long it usually time. is, but uh, hey, there you go. Um, well, they hit 52 games this time, right? So yeah. They, is that they, it? Yeah, 52? Pitter-patter, get at her. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, have you watched any of the, any of the new season? Of hockey, yeah, but, yeah. We uh, we watched the uh, Vancouver Edmonton game the other night, not last night, unfortunately for the for the Connor McJesus show. No, 
missed that one. And then we watched the uh, we we watched the Flames last night. It was you know it was a good game. Yep. Um, yeah. And you know, in true uh, Calgary fashion, they lost their brains in the second period and came back in the third. Tried to tried to hang on, but they it was a good game. Um, they got some nice players there. Uh, I think um, you know they made some good changes, and we'll see how they go. Greg, you know, I got to say, you know, Mark Giordano looks like a grandfather no, there. But... I know, I know, I know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Two two years removed from a Norris trophy. Maybe he should have called it then. Uh, maybe it's time to take grandpa's car keys away. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe he should have called it then. Maybe that's what the Norris trophy was the signal for that. Like mm-hmm. you, this is a career award. Yeah, you've you're been done. You've been an incredible player. You have an incredible story. Here's your Nor- Norris trophy. Now go gentle into that good night. <laughs> but that's not the way hockey players work. No. And, and, you know, like, uh, there's a lot of talent there and, uh, I don't think he's done yet. I just think, okay, he's he's like uh, Grandpa on The Simpsons. He takes a little while to get warmed up. <laughs> he's not a first liner anymore. You don't think? Uh well, he's got uh, he's got Rasmus Anderson with him. Yeah, uh, I, that's that's a player that I've been watching for a long time, and I think he's got amazing talent, and uh, and I think they'll they'll do well together. So. And, the last they, time, they, sorry, go ahead. The, the last time I was out there, um, I, I took home a bunch of your old university hockey jerseys, and <laughs> I just can't remember what what position you played. Center. Center. Whoa. Okay. Nice. Center. Right. Um, star. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got to play center. That's great. Um, so perhaps we should uh, head into talking about this episode that yeah, we made you watch. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the second episode of season 10. Uh, it's called Miracle. Nope. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's a different one. Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. Um, and uh, it was or- original air date September 20th, 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by John Schwartzwelder mm-hmm. and directed by Mark Kirkland. Now... Uh, I guess the question I have for you, John, just right off the bat is, is this the first full episode you remember watching then? Or like, aside from maybe the one you mentioned earlier, uh, you watched. Remember, remember watching? Remember I'm old. So (laughs) so yes, that's why I watched it like 15 minutes before I got on. (laughs) Right. So so I wouldn't forget what was going on, but no, I've, you know, I've seen a bunch of Simpson episodes. Um, I like this one. It was, I was entertained. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a, you know, I honestly thought it was a selected based on who's coming to talk about it. That's because exactly it's all about, right. Yeah. It's all about inventions. It's all about Thomas Edison. It's, uh, you know, um, it was, it was cool. I, I, I was entertained. I'll tell you, I want, I was thinking of having you on for a different episode, but then this one popped up and I was like, if we can get my dad on for this episode, we really should. Because it's about inventions. You've invented things in the past that I know about. Some of them are featured in a major motion picture that I know of. And uh, this is all news to me. So I'm excited to hear all this. Yeah. And it's it it just seemed it just seemed f- more fun that way. And it would give me more of a reason to to talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons because Wizard <laughs> is in the title. 
and uh, uh-huh. I do know that the wizard of of something something is Menlo Park. Menlo Park is the it was the alias of Thomas Edison or yeah. the what he was known as, yeah. um, which is uh, just a really sweet name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I want to be known as a wizard one day. I know? mean, you can be. Well, but you'd have to wear a white sheet. Mm, all right. Yeah. Well. Let's- <laughs> Let's not get into that. Yeah, I was going to make a joke earlier when you were talking about the Civil War. It's like, oh, we're never going to see that again. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun time. Fun time fun for, time for we're, we're everybody. Having, we're having we're a having fun time. time today. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. Let's talk about your, your inventions then before we dive into the, the bulk of the episode. Because yeah. I'm, I'm very curious about this. You so. hold patents. Yeah. Yeah, we, we hold some patents on. Well, we sign those patents away to the. Uh, to the uh, to the big machine that we uh, we worked for at the time, but uh, there's a few of those, um, you know, stuff like um, we had a patent on the uh, on a touchscreen interface uh, that would do uh, internet's internet browsing at the time. It was still and play movies and so on on the back of an airline chair. Oh hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> And it was packed as part of the four or five of them that we had um, uh, that were done with Nortel Networks. And they went to, uh, they sold off those patents uh, as part of the Nortel collapse. And now those patents are all owned by uh, that other outfit in Cupertino called Apple. So mm. I think that's where they ended up. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, as sad a story as it was, um, you know, uh, it went for uh, the bargain price of $4 billion or something like that, which unfortunately for Nortel, that was not a lot of money at the time with, with, for based on what they were worth. Wow. You know, a lot of that stuff was uh, was the 5G and LTE networks that you're still work, we're still using today. And they were done yeah. 15, 20 years ago. And that's, that's unfortunate. And uh, it's a, pretty sad story there but ours are part of that are the ones that i did are part of that um you know there's uh, other uh, other schemes for public payment use that we took uh, took a lot of that stuff and we applied it to terminals and systems that we that we built for public internet at the time uh again back long ago and far far away Um, you know, Greg talks about, uh, stuff that we did product placements for, um, you know, best one is, uh, liar, liar and Jim Carrey dangling from a payphone (laughs) when he's trying to, when he's trying to make his phone call from jail. Right. Uh, that, I I remember that scene very well. And he's like, pulls back into the frame. Yeah. 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 It's great. No, just one more phone. One one more call. One more call. One more call. Yeah. And then he, boom. Yeah. And it didn't fall off the wall and then the cord didn't break. So. There you go. <laughs> that was, yeah. You know, I saw that movie and I'm like, you know, that looks like a strong phone. <laughs> if I was had any money and I was an investor, I would invest in that phone. And we were in, uh, we were in stuff like, uh, you know, really, really, you know, The Young and the Restless. It was all over the place mm-hmm. in that soap opera at one time. Uh, Resident Evil, uh, the movie that... Apocalypse. That was- Resident Evil Apocalypse. It's there's there's a lot of that. Um, so for our listeners who might want to throw on Resident <laughs> Evil Apocalypse, it's when Jared Harris makes contact with our uh, with our main crew who's trying to get out of Raccoon City, mm. and he's like, "I'll get you a way out of there." And it's a way for the 
for the movie to be a little bit more dynamic rather than him just phoning them on a payphone. He phones them on a video payphone, and that is one that is uh, patented by my father. That That's crazy right now. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So how did yeah, you how did you go about so you worked with a, a company that was in like telecommunications? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Uh I worked for Nortel Networks. Nortel, right. Okay. Uh yep. and so just like kind of yeah. during your uh employment there is how you kinda like a bunch of you, I presume, were all kind of working on different new tech uh ideas and that kind of thing. How did you invent it, I guess is my that's question. Part of, that's part of what uh that company did. Uh right. it was it it was a it was, I think, the largest Canadian company at one time. It was huge. Cool. And it had a research wing, um, uh, Bell Northern Research, that was done out of uh, Ottawa and uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, all around the world. And it was a global company. And it was, it was a lot of fun to work for. You, you created things. Uh, my, uh, my current uh, business partner, uh, James McKenzie, and I, we, we, we created a lot of shit. Um, you know, we were given, uh, we were given enough, uh, lots of space to try different things. Um, we created different marketplaces. We, some were successful, some weren't so successful. Uh, yeah. much like Homer that, Simpson we, in this episode. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's an invention. It's, 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 it's probably got a greater probability of failure than it does, uh, success. Um, but if you don't take the risk, you don't get to try. And, and to this day, our business does the same thing. We take risk, we invent different things. We, you know, a patent is a, is a way of protecting an invention in, in, in the industrialized countries. Um, but you can invent things and today James and I choose not to patent things, Hmm. um, because it's expensive and in the marketplace that we're in, we don't necessarily need that protection, but we're still inventing things. And the Canadian government pays businesses to do inventions in Canada, right? Which I think is a genius move, um, you know. Um, and that's something that's kind of unique to Canada, the, you know. That the, you know, for for our our business is not the size of Nortel any longer, and we still employ all of our design people and. Um, creativity people in Canada for that reason. So does it, uh, it cost money to patent something you were saying? Like you yeah, have to yeah. pay for a patent? Yeah. It's expensive. Yes. Yeah. It's capitalism, you know, you, eh? <laughs> you, you got to pay to, uh, you know, you got to pay to write it. You got to pay to investigate it. You got to pay right. to read, you know, uh, the filing process of getting it done is not that big a deal, um, right. but it, it's the process the to get there. Yeah. And then you got to defend it. Then you got to defend it. It's uh, that's where it gets expensive. So, yeah, is that where the lawyers get involved, or um, when you say defend? Yeah, there's, uh, there's there's a lot of lawyers that do uh, patent work. Um, yeah, you know, just to just to just to understand and navigate the U.S. Patent Trademark Office is a is a career. It yeah, is. I bet it's it's massive. It's uh, um it's it's complex it's uh it's unique to each state it's unique to each um industry and product type and all that kind of stuff can the canadian patent uh process is obviously a little bit easier to deal with and then then you get into the european side and it's just you know we never (laughs) i never i never did any uh work in in europe on that but lots in the u.s side but uh 
you know, inventions like, you know, stuff that you, you talk about that, uh, that Edison did and, um, uh, Tesla yeah. <laughs> tried to do and that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, that's, that's invention and an invention goes on today. It's, uh, yeah. like I said, today, James and I still do, we invent things and we take, we take risk money that we, we don't know is going to be successful and we spend it to try and invent some, invent some things. And, and so far we've been successful at it and it all comes back to those days, you know, back with Nortel, they taught us how to do that. Now, a question for both of you, actually, just because I'm curious is, uh, are either of you fans of the weird wild world of, uh, shark tank slash dragon's den, like those kind of shows? <laughs> um, no, as, as you've heard on our, uh, last wrap up episode, I'm more of a fan of shows like the great British baking show, right? As far as, as far as judging shows uh-huh. go, um, well, it's not I, a judging I like, show. I, I like I seeing. That, but, yeah. I like seeing some of the some of the things yeah. that people get brought to, but only in like short YouTube clips. I, I've never actually watched an episode. I was big into them for a long time. Uh, I remember Dragon because Dragon's Den is, is the Canadian version, essentially. That was before the American Shark Tank. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably existed in other countries as well. Sure long does. Before the, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a tiger something in Japan. Yeah. But I remember just like when I first discovered it, I'm like, this is really cool because I like seeing new things to me that are being pitched uh, for essentially these investors to invest money in. Yeah. Um, that part of it was less interesting. Like the whole, you know, oh, there's this million dollar valuation of the company and like here's our, here are our sales and like all that stuff. I get that's how business works, but I was just more interested in the actual products yeah. and seeing how they worked and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, and then yeah, Shark Tank really, uh, you know, made it American reality show uh, based. So it's yeah. a lot more like obnoxious well yeah. yeah and it's mark burnett uh who you know bless him for creating survivor but uh everything else he's done is trash uh <laughs> but um but yeah like i i i mean my uh some of my previous employers were were on uh, dragon's den um to pitch their ugly sweater company and then also their zombie run uh thing so they've been on twice um and so that's really interesting but Mm -hmm. and so i got some kind of like insider info from them at the time about like what it was actually like to be on dragon's den and it's i mean it's a tv show so like there's a lot of like a a reason you get on the show is because you're entertaining or interesting or you can you know that kind of thing obviously the product needs to be interesting also but um but yeah i don't know john if you if you give a shit about those shows at all or if you've ever watched them but uh just like as an inventor yourself i'm I'm just curious yeah i've seen them i've seen them and uh you know the the dramatization of the dragon's den is uh is a 22 minute condensing condensation as to how the how it actually works in real life hey i got this really cool idea i need some money to get it going right uh you shop it around to a bunch of people that might want to give you money for in exchange for a piece of the of the, the company of the, of the thing oh, yeah. yeah and that's the way it works and uh somebody takes a risk on that yeah but there's there's they're usually you know they're missing the step that that has to be taken in, in, in order to get that that concept of the widget to the dragon's den somebody's already spent a whole pile of their money yeah and and you know went to their friends and their family and begged for money or however it was to get it off the ground to the point where ooh i got this thing mm-hmm. and you know over time i've learned that 
the invention and the creation of the product is in in relative terms easy compared to getting it to the marketplace. Yes. It's, so that's a step that Homer misses in this episode. <laughs> yes. We never see him go around and like trying to actually get one of his inventions off the ground because they are DOA essentially <laughs> when he presents them to I guess that's family. <laughs> I guess that's the that's the Dragon's Den scene in, in sense, yeah. this episode is when he presents all four of his inventions to his family. That's yeah. as far as we get. He doesn't actually get to the point where he goes around asking for funding to get it out to the marketplace. Well, and you well, see, he, uh, but he gets it. He gets it out. He gets it out there because he leaves the damn thing behind. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> somebody that has a channel to the market actually got it out to the market. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and you see in in the like the Dragons Den shows, you see those products sometimes too, where it's like, "Hey, I have this really cool idea. Here it is," and they're like, "Okay, great. What are your sales?" Like, "Oh, well, you know, uh, like just," and they're like kind of evasive. It's like, "No, no, no. What are your sales?" And it's like, "Well, I haven't really done much yet. That's why I need you." And like, that's a lot of the inventors that come on the show sometimes erroneously think, "Oh, this is how I will get it in the market." But as John was saying really what you need to do is get it in the market first and then to expand your business is when uh, you need the investors in to to help you you know push it out to bigger retail stores or whatever it is depending on the product of course but um but yeah homer is uh uh you know he we were talking about as we were watching it i think he has one good invention in the four that he presents uh yep. two horrible inventions in my opinion <laughs> and then one that is uh like interesting but like I don't see any practical use for it. The, the pooping toilet, the pooping right? pooping toilet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's an interesting idea, but it's just, as soon as I, as soon as you think about it any further, you're like, it's essentially having an outhouse in your, in your living room. Yeah. It's not a two story outhouse. Like you'd need the plumbing, like the plumbing into your living. Like basically it's either, it's an outhouse. So it's just your, your filth is sitting yep. there and yep. stinks up the house or you need to have the plumbing in there in which case you just have a toilet in your living room yeah so <laughs> a comfortable one <laughs> yeah i mean it looks comfortable i like the uh, i like the uh, the makeup gun that was my favorite <laughs> which apparently like and that's the other thing is he has it seems like he's just taking an actual shotgun yeah and attached little makeup vials underneath it yeah. somehow like i think pretty cool way like uh, just on a like technical level, a pretty cool invention in that sense because he somehow got those vials to come out of the firing chamber. Um, but also he has a little dial that he, has different settings. Yeah, so like has, whore and I don't know what the other ones are, but... We never hear the other, <laughs> ones. Hear the other <laughs> ones. But he managed to put that one on there. <laughs> we know that for sure. Well, and the second one that he shoots at the wall looks similar to whore. So exactly I have a the feeling same, the dial yeah. does nothing. Yeah. That's my thought. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. It, it probably does nothing. Now, uh, it's like whore, lady of the night, streetwalker. Like those are the settings. <laughs> it's just like to, all the same thing. To speak to this to this episode is uh, Homer realizes at the beginning of this episode that uh, the average lifespan, according to the Doctors of America, for a <laughs> human male is seventy six point eight years. And he says he's 30, uh, sorry, he's 38.1. Yeah. So, uh, he's 76.2. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> 76.2. Uh, in 19, when was this aired? Uh, eight, 98. 1998. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's higher than that in Canada. I think it's 80 for, a like in 98 or right now, right now. I think, yeah, great. It, I think it's we're 80. nailing it. Yeah. I think we're doing, we're doing fine. Um, so he immediately goes into an existential spiral where he 
He thinks he's wasted his life. He thinks he's wasted his life, despite the fact that he clearly hasn't. Like immediately when he's like, "Oh, I've I've wasted my life. I've got nothing. I've to got show nothing for to it. show for it." And he immediately pulls over to the side of the road and calls Marge, <laughs> his wife, who loves him. Uh huh. That's something. Goes home to his mansion. Goes home to his mansion has where he lobster has two for dinner. cars, lobster for dinner, <laughs> and three beautiful, healthy children. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, and you know, some of these references may be uh, lost on John, but there's a previous episode that uh, he has uh, a, a different character come to his home and kind of see how great his life is and see all the pictures he has of him, like meeting the president, going to outer space, all this kind of stuff. Because like as a com- comedy sitcom for uh, 10 years now, it, he's done a lot of interesting, wacky things. He has a Grammy award. He has a Grammy award. He released uh, at least two albums yeah. uh, as a famous barbershop quartet. Um, he's done so many things. And I immediately thought of that episode, the Homer's enemy episode, because th- th- that is exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, wait, your life is not wasted. Like, you've done so many things. I like in this episode, though, that they have what I think is also a very funny joke, but also, like, maybe a big, like, deep dive into why Homer is the way he is. Yeah. And it's when it's showing him getting punched in the head repeatedly yeah. by Dredrick Tatum. And he's like, remember when you were almost heavyweight champion? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> indicating the head trauma has probably altered his or like uh, harmed his memory in some way. Yeah, gee. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure, but I'm glad they acknowledged that. I yes, and that's what I mean. Like I like that as I feel like they just wrote it as a funny joke in the moment, but I like that it kind of in a way canonically excuses his existential spiral that I was like not on board with because I was like we know as an audience you've done so many wonderful things in your life. But that also explains why he only has three memories. <laughs> Standing in line for a movie. <laughs> Something else. Getting a key cut? Getting a key cut, yeah. And talking, and to, talking Marge. to Marge right now, which is three very strange memories to have still. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, if you think about all of the head trauma that he <laughs> suffered from being punched so many times by Dredderick Tatum. And before that. And before that. there's That's one of the clip episodes. The whole clip episode is like, oh, has Homer ever had a trauma to the head? And they do a bunch of clips of previous episodes where he's getting beat on the head many times. That's so. right. That's right. Um, so it, it, it helps. It helps me get over that hump that, yes. that perhaps he's uh, selling himself short. Because he is. And and maybe he just needs to have a new stab at this sort of thing. Um, but what really interests me about it is he comes home from work the next day and says to Marge, well, I quit my job, just like you said. So, uh, Dad, what was your path from working at a nuclear power plant to working at Nortel? Did Mom tell you to quit your job? <laughs> Or she'd torch the house. <laughs> no, no, uh, and and I like the uh, I like the uh, the phrase that he used when he came home from uh, when he quit his job. And uh, well, you can always get your job back at the plant, uh, not the way I quit. <laughs> and we and we don't know. I wrote that down. I said we we don't know how he how he did that. But, no, uh, but it yeah. puts so many um, interesting images in your head immediately, and I love that. <laughs> the nuclear uh, in in nineteen uh, in nineteen eighty uh, nineteen ninety whatever it was, the nuclear industry was uh, 99% boredom and 1% panic. Okay. Uh, in and so um, well, I, I, had done, the- uh, I had done all the damage I could think of doing because <laughs> uh, I didn't fit that, uh, I didn't fit that mold. Um, 
you know, went on to, you know, when you're creating stuff, you're inventing things, you're, uh, for, for lack of a better term, inventing things. You couldn't do that in that, uh, hey, let's try something new in the nuclear power industry. Right. Well, maybe not. Maybe we should look at that for the next 25 years to make sure that we've got it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was kind of like, you know, and so, uh, yeah, so Nortel came knocking at the door and was like, hey, cool. And and from uh, from where we were, uh, from a family perspective, where we were in Port Elgin, Ontario, on the white sand beach shores of Lake Huron, it was like, what are you, nuts? You know, you can sit here and live here forever and, uh, um, you know, get paid a fair amount of, you know, pretty damn good wage and that kind of thing and do, just do your job and move on. But um, not a just do your job kind of guy. So it was like, uh, let's go see what else we can shake the shit out of. And went there, did that for a few years, uh, uh, created a bunch of stuff that was still uh, at the time, you know, we were doing stuff with the internet when Netscape was a browser at <laughs> zero, 0. 0.1. And I remember and, Netscape and, Navigator, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> loved Navigator. Yeah, um, and in this 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 thing called the internet was just starting to become. Uh, well, maybe we better look at that and see what we can do with it. Um, Smart. So it 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 led to a lot of things, um, and uh, you know we uh, did uh, you know public access terminals. We we did. Uh, you know, um, different, different things that, you know, the telecommunication industry eventually got to like stuff that I'm doing with you right now, uh, you know, video desktop. I, I was using the first video desktop system in 1995. It was a, a product called visit video. It was amazing. And Nortel did that. And, uh, cool. I had that. I was a remote teleworker. That was the phrase that they used in, uh, I had a, I had a, my version of Zoom that I talked. It was the the black and white image was about two inches by three, three two by three, literally two inches by three <laughs> inches, black and white, and that was the video that you talked on in yeah, uh, yeah. in 1995. Wow! Or if not I actually, when we moved out here, I was cleaning out the some junk, and I uh, I found one of the original Visit cameras, so I kept it. Uh, nice. It's around here someplace, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So one of the that original was, webcams that was into, into cool stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. So it was just like you, you wanted something more, something different, and yeah. in that way, it kind of that I kind of see where Homer is coming from in in that way because he's because I think what he's like really what it really gets down to is like I've been doing this same job for so long even though i've had like little ones here and there but so like it's it's all of he, he wants to become an inventor in a way to reinvent himself yeah well and i think it's it's uh, it's a feeling i think i'm sure all of us have at some point in our lives yeah. uh, maybe midlife maybe earlier like me but it's you know it's wanting to leave some kind of legacy yeah and some kind of you know he's saying he's not saying oh i haven't had great experiences in my life he's saying i want to like to to as he's you know create something to make something that lasts in the world that will you know uh, outlast me and therefore uh, achieve some form of immortality. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> you know, Edison that, is. That Edison's makes a lot immortal. of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of because, sense. Because uh, we all know his name, uh, even though he was allegedly kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were in a play about how much sure of were. a jerk he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think this episode, so for, for a bit of context, it was the final episode produced for season nine. Okay. Um, and then it was also was a holdover. And they decided it would be the uh, the premiere of season 10. Mm. Uh, as we kind of discussed in the last episode, the um, Lard of the Dance, which is technically the premiere, um, was actually this weird it summer was, episode. Yeah. So it wasn't like this. It's, it's very confusing. But basically, that episode is the first episode of season 10. But... This was considered the premiere at the time. Because like, it, Lord of the Dance is kind of like a special summer bonus yeah, episode. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's also why people are confused if it should be part of season nine or ten. DVDs named it as season ten officially. Um, but I feel this episode easily belongs in season nine. Uh, yeah, because it's I think good. <laughs> well, and so this is the thing. And John, if uh, if you're not aware, we had this whole debate over season nine. I'm not a big fan of season nine. Greg loves it. Um, you know, we went through all the episodes, and we kind of I love it for what it's both, trying to be. Sure, but yeah. I'm just gonna say we kind of both. You know, I was far left. You were far right. Uh, sorry to use that That's in, fine. This, in this term, but and we both kind of came a bit more central. Yeah. Um, and whereas season 10, even going into it, we were both kind of dreading it because season 10 mostly is filled with bad episodes that we don't like. Um, and this one, I think, because for me, belongs more in season 9 because it's one I don't dislike. It's just got a lot of that season 9 flavor that I kind of kind of irks me a bit sometimes, like the joke's going on a bit too long, Homer being a jerk, uh, or just like weird and stupid uh <laughs> which is very on on brand in this episode it's where not a great not a great final button to the show like yeah. the, like the ending button's not great yeah um but, but like, i like the idea like I, yeah. I really like the idea of homer trying to invent things i i love that they actually made him invent uh arguably two things that are actually like pretty good inventions the yeah. hammer and the the legs on the chair i think those are both really interesting ideas and um even as a kid i remember watching it and being like yeah, why those? Why don't those exist in real life? Six and do they still? <laughs> Six-legged chairs, I think, exist. Okay, but not in the way that is it's as depicted. functional yeah. uh, as that. Because he's got like these hinges that just like perfectly, yeah, that, so that perfectly go backwards. out, so that you so you can't fall backwards. If you were to do a six-legged chair like that, they would need to be like constantly out. I at, think so. Uh, like that, I think the I, hinge hinge system wouldn't work. I think so. Yeah. Be- I think because they would have to be like consistently operating at the same velocity at the, at the uh, at the same time, and they would always have to land exactly right. I think the big for me the the thing I saw is like maybe the biggest reason why it isn't a prevalent invention, and maybe it does exist but just isn't huge, is I don't think the market's that big for people who lean back in their chairs and almost fall too often. Oh, I've done it so many times. I've, Again, I'm sure a lot of people do, but the market isn't there. It's not yeah. universal. Enough. Have you? You were. You must have been there while I when I fell over while we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I was DMing. Yeah, and I, and I was just like, I was just leaning back, <laughs> like you guys were just, you guys were talking to each other, and I was like, I'll just, I'll, I'll be here. It's uh, like uh, when they need me again, I'll just uh, lean back. Oh no! Oh no! And I'm down. And yeah, you you fell over. Yeah, uh, and it happened again. <laughs> At a different time, and this time, like I fell o, it fell back, but I did like a f- cool AC Slater thing, nice, and I just grabbed the chair from under me and turned it around and sat on it like like a cool teacher. <laughs> 
but I didn't mean to do that. It was going to fall and I was going to fall on my head. And well, can... if you look at uh, all these electric scooters that are shooting around here, especially this part of the country, yeah, they all have that from a safety perspective, right? Where you can't, oh, you yeah. can't flip backwards. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, you sit there with an electric motor and you go, bang, you hit it, go forward. First thing is the front right. end comes up <laughs> and, uh, and the motor throws you on back on your, on your back. And you're, you're in a chair like that because you probably can't get up off your back, <laughs> you know? And then, so that yeah, this simple, simple little thing like that is, uh, is there. And of course, um, I'm not sure about the whore cannon, but you know, others, <laughs> which I mean, for the record, great name, great product name for it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of makeup gun, whore cannon. <laughs> I wouldn't be writing any checks to that one. <laughs> but what about the electric hammer? Yeah. I feel like the electric hammer was essentially rendered null because of the nail gun. I think that's just a better, uh, automated nail driving into a wall system that was invented. Sure. Counterpoint, uh-huh. the electric hammer, as as it looks, looks a lot smaller than a nail gun, which sure. means it More could compact. get into uh, different areas where a nail gun couldn't fit. Yeah, that's so perhaps not millions of dollars, but I think the market is niche enough that you would want to use one for example for like deck building like we just did this Mm. past summer uh an electric hammer would have been nice when we were under the deck doing all of that fun stuff yeah so i don't know okay so so a couple artists like yourselves and then then the engineer myself sitting here (laughs) yeah where where are you going to get the energy from boys uh that that battery ain't going to drive ain't going to drive that nail so hence the big air compressor and yeah. the uh, you know the jackhammer concept yeah, yeah. of uh, you know that kind of thing, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> a double A AA battery doesn't have that much energy, so there you go. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it would be it would be like zoom, okay, I'm zoom. I'm done geeking out now, so I'll be I'll be quiet. No, please, that's, so, that's what we want. So another thing I'd like to ask is um, Homer's math equations on his chalkboard. Did you the ones the ones that meant nothing? The yes. ones did they mean nothing? <laughs> No. How about his? <laughs> how about his circuit? I didn't look at it close enough, but no. it was uh, it was uh, it was typical nineteen ninety eight uh, circuitry, right? So, I mean, I will say the uh, director, I believe, yeah, uh, has said that he wanted actual like mathematical equation. I don't know if they make sense, but he wanted actual mathematical equations uh, on the board. I believe they got David. Yeah, they got David X. Cohen uh, uh, because he's a big nerd, he's a big and nerd. he's you know he created Futurama, and there's a lot of that stuff in that show. Um, but he apparently got in contact with a professor at the at MIT uh, to provide some actual complex math formulas on the chalkboard. So they're real math formulas. I just you know I don't think they actually do have anything to do with what he's inventing. But the makeup gun. Yeah, we need this <laughs> complex formula and, to make the makeup gun. And yeah. when he uh, and when he wipes out the picture of dynamite. <laughs> That's, that's always the interesting one. <laughs> that's a pretty funny joke. I like that. Joke. That's what he's using to close his circuit is yeah. dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. Maybe that's, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> the the amplifier the amplifier circuit going to uh, going to a stick of dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wipe this one off. Make it make it greater than a uh, greater than gate. Yeah. And then boom, you get a bigger explosion. There you go. <laughs> uh math. 
Um, I used to love math. <laughs> yeah, you know that? I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, school like math was one of my favorite subjects, and then in university I took a math class and I hated it. So <laughs> I took a math class in university. Yeah, yeah, I got a sympathy you... pass. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I failed. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Homer, Homer looks up to Edison. He does. I like the the little you've mentioned this too the little kind of chart that he makes, right with him on yeah. the horse, Edison all the way up in front, and he has the little the little me. I think that's very charming. It's very charming. It's a nice like it's like a goal he's striving for, which I I think is yeah. you know a good thing when you're a creator or when you're you know trying to do that kind of thing. It's like give yourself a goal, yeah, something to strive towards. Um, Just real quick, uh, Dad, if there's any notes that you've got that you want to bring up, fe- feel free. Um, if we've skipped over anything that, no, that you I'm, might, I'm that you I'm might good. have there, I'm good. you know, I look at his four inventions and, you know, the, uh, the other part that I thought was quite interesting that dated the, uh, dated the thing was he had to stop his car, run across the freeway to get to a, a phone right? yeah. in 1998. Can and it was like a tow truck phone. I remember the size of the cell phones back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then of course the, uh, the reference to president Clinton. Yeah, uh, you know, that was the that was the only other the only other side I saw. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a it's a it was a fun uh, a fun episode, and uh, you know, then you go taking Bart across state lines. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's interesting you brought up the eight track at the be- at the very beginning because like it's well documented that uh, Homer's car is from a country that doesn't exist anymore. I think. I don't think he purchases the car from Crazy Vaclavs. No, okay. That's I don't the, think he does. No? But. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like in the Tamako episode, yeah. when he shows up, it's like Mr. Fancy City Dweller. And like his car is notoriously a, a piece of crap. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, well, and then the other thing is, you know, <laughs> we've mentioned a lot of this stuff about, you know, how it's very much in 1998. Yeah. Um, the show as a whole continues to go through history and time yep but the characters don't and neither does their cars neither does their cars they stay as the the piece of garbage family sedans that they buy yep. you know uh in the early 90s i imagine the dented fender or early uh early 80s i'd say probably yeah because like by 89 uh they already have them um but this is my again just to bring back my ongoing thesis for season 10 of what should have happened Age your characters. Yeah. Because especially with this one where I'm like, this is a perfect time to age your characters because the whole thing jumps off. The jumping off point is him feeling he's he's wasted his life because he's now 39. He thinks he's 30, 38.2 or whatever. 38. 38.1. Yeah. And Marge's like, you're 39. <laughs> um, <laughs> they you know. aged him. He was like, 36 before. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I, clearly at this point, they've realized they can't continue to do that. Yeah. Right? And I'm saying, do do that. <laughs> Please do that. Age your characters. Have Bart, you know, go into high school. Yeah. Have Lisa go into middle school. All this stuff. Um, I think it would work very well. And that's just kind of what I'm looking at with all these episodes. Is if they were aging their characters throughout the season, would these episodes work better? And so far, two out of two, I think yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, going, let's go to the museum. Yeah. Let's get to the museum because uh, the one, the one with no gang colors. The one with no gang. 
<laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> me neither. I, I don't get it. So. Yeah. Uh, but he gets to the museum and he said, and Bart says, all right, it's still open. And the father and son right in front of them, his, the father says, why don't you like Edison that much? And smacks his son upside the head. <laughs> now, I liked museums as a kid. Sure. Um, I I liked museums so much that I worked at them mm-hmm. for a long, <laughs> for a large portion of my 20s. And <laughs> the last museum I worked at uh, closed three weeks after I left. Coincidence? Mm. Uh, or coronavirus? Oh. <laughs> you be the judge. Um, but the, 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 the fun thing is I've never actually been to a museum that celebrates one singular subject. Right. Like if you go to, say, the, the Natural History Museum in Britain, you'll see like there's a big statue of Darwin, but there's a lot of other stuff too. This museum is such a quaint little example of like this small town museum where you go in, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. There's a tour guide who's going to make some fun jokes. You're going to go through and you're going to end in the gift shop and it's going to be a good time and not many people are going to be there. This is the kind of museum that I like the most. It's the kind of museum where I think there's going to be a model train <laughs> at some point. Yeah, of course. That you can push a button and it's going to go. It's going to go. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think I think you see a lot of those in the U.S. Um, you know, every presidential library is a museum dedicated to that president. Um, Graceland is to Elvis. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. You know, um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Uh, anyways, it'll come to me. But yeah, like especially, oh yeah, the Sergeant York Library in uh, Paul Mall, Tennessee, or something like that. It's <laughs> it's it's actually a thing that's there from hundred years ago and it's dedicated to one person. Yeah. Um, I think you see a lot of those in the U S I, I, I'm trying to think of one that's in Canada and, uh, I mean, there's the gopher museum, but of course, <laughs> of course. in uh, Claire, no, I don't know. It's Southern Alberta. I can't yeah, remember where it's, it's the <laughs> Cardston. Maybe? It's Cardston. Yes. Near Cardston? Um, there's the gopher museum where they just, it's a bunch of taxidermied gophers in various, uh, little outfits and poses. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally just a little, little house in Peachland. There's a model train museum just devoted nice. to the Pacific Canadian Pacific railway model train collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's like, those are abstract concepts. And there's the uh, Victoria. In Victoria, there's the Miniatures Museum. Have you been there, Dad? No. No when, way. When they open I, I, museums I again. Told, I was told, uh, don't waste your money on that one. Oh, yeah. I think you'd like it. When they open museums again, you should go. There's a really great model train. Ah, that, that that's reason to go. There so. you go. Yeah. It goes all the way around. You can see it. Go through a tunnel. Come out the other side. It's great. So there, there are definitely museums that are devoted to singular artists, um, like uh, painters and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I'm just. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Van the Van Gogh one in yep. uh, in in Amsterdam, right? So yeah, there's a Dali one, I believe, as well. Um, I think I think I went to the Van Gogh one while Greg was off drinking someplace in yeah. Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, sounds had, like him. I had nothing better to do, and he didn't want his dad with him or something. Yeah, like you you drunk, Greg. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, we were meeting up with friend of the show, Grayson, while oh, he was right. over there. <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, I'm just looking. There's a website called The Ultimate List of Wonderfully Specific Museums. Okay. Um, so there's a watering can museum. Oh, wow. Uh, there's a uh, banana museum. Okay, we don't have to go through all of this. There's a Pez Memorabilia Museum. Okay, There's pick a one U.S. More. National pick... Tick Collection. Okay, that one more. That sounds fun. One more. A other Hand than the Fan ticks. Museum. Hand Fan Gnomesville. Museum. There's Gnomesville. All right, of course. now we're done. <laughs> oh, the Spam Museum. I'm you cutting know, you, you off. To, I'm cuckoo, cutting you off. You got I Cuckoo don't... Land, German Food Additives, the Smile Face Museum. Listen, I'm just saying. There's a lot of weird specific museums out there. Yeah. Thomas Edison. No, Tom, makes sense Thomas Edison a, makes yeah, a lot of yeah. sense, um, especially considering all of the things that he invented. Exactly, it's um, it's a cool little museum, and I think the point that I'm trying that I was trying to make is like I would like to visit it. Totally, it's yeah. a it it looks like a lot of fun, um, especially that, when there's buttons to press. Yeah, oh, I That's love my favorite thing in museums. Love Even as museum a kid, buttons. I like the Frank Slide Museum. Oh yeah, yeah, or the Interactive Center, whatever you want. Yeah, call it. the Interpretive I would go there, Center. Interpretive Center. I would go there as a kid and like kind of like understanding but not fully grasping the like horror yeah <laughs> that occurred that caused this museum to exist i was just like press a button and then like a little little graphic shows the this the landslide happened and i'm like cool <laughs> yeah it's cool we went out there like the fir- i've been out there several times uh the first time we went out there is the first time we tried to get to the okanagan mm. you remember that dad <laughs> Oh yeah, we yeah, made like yeah. we made like three failed attempts to get to the Okanagan before we finally made it, because um, you know it's it's hard to do anything when you have small children. I imagine and a dog. And a dog. <laughs> <laughs> small children and a dog and no patience. No yeah. patience. Yeah. So it's like uh, in this situation, my dad was very much like the 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 Canadian driver in Bart on the Road. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> if you kids make one more sound. <laughs> uh, yeah. Turn uh, this car around. Yeah, I'll turn this car around. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. And off we went. Um, but the first time we went out there was uh, was when our, we were trying to get to the Okanagan. And I remember just being just so it was so cool that all of these rocks are just here and they used to be up there on the mountain. I had no idea that I had no concept that there were, that that it buried people and it was just a horrible disaster. Um, but going out there over and over, it's just like, it's serene and haunting. It's a, it's, it's a lovely, um, historical stop. Yeah. And I love doing that whole path should be called like horror, horror pass or something like that because (laughs) Go around another corner in this. Well, 18 people died here. Go around another corner. Well, 140 people are down in this mine and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the mines. That that whole area suffered so much. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a really interesting road, of Canadian road, Highway 3, the Crosnes Pass through the mountains. It's, it's really interesting. Take every stop you can if you ever <laughs> are on a road trip. Yeah. Um, so they attempt to vandalize the museum and something that i think is actually pretty nice doesn't fit super well with the tone of the entire episode is homer's realization that thomas edison was uh measuring himself against da vinci uh and i think that's that's kind of nice except for the fact that homer hasn't actually invented anything (laughs) yeah 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 i mean well, Again, and, you could argue that the the hammer and the and the legs, yeah. you know, because even though he's like, oh, like Edison also invented the legs, 
uh, he didn't read he didn't know that yeah. so like I, he says like oh maybe i saw it and that's why i did it but i don't know i like to think that it it makes sense as a thing he could come up with independently on his own um and then the hammer thing uh the, like we see at the end of the episode is like considered a good invention they're like oh look what else edison invented you know yeah so uh but i get what you're saying i i, I love that little button though they're like oh yeah like he was just like me because you know it's it's history. History repeats itself, and everyone's striving to be something better. And in this case, Edison, uh, piece of garbage human as he may have been, was striving to be. You know, uh, in the I don't know if that's based on any historical reality that he was trying to be like Da Vinci, but I like that the episode has that because yeah. I think that's a nice little just kind of cyclical nature of uh, the way humans are and trying to create new things. So, yeah, I I was waiting for them to do uh, to open up the door with to, to Edison's brain. That could have been a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're gonna get to that yes. real quick. Uh, <laughs> but first, if there's uh, if there's anything else you wanna you wanna bring up about the episode, uh, Dad, we're gonna head over to what we call the reference desk. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, unless you have anything else you want to bring up. Uh, you know, no, no, it was, uh, no, I don't. How's that? Oh, great. But you enjoyed, <laughs> but you enjoyed the episode, right? Like that's, you, you, you had a good time watching it. You enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. I, uh, I did. Um, and thanks for, thanks for pointing that one out. It was, it was good fun. Right on. Uh, yeah. So the reference test where we talk about the references in the actual episode to real world things. You don't have to do that. Oh, right. You're going to add it in. Yeah, we uh, have a post we have, now. We have I a different forgot. one. So, uh, yeah, as mentioned, uh, Wizard of Evergreen Terrace is a reference to Wizard of Menlo Park, which was Edison's nickname. Hey, um, if you could have a magical nickname, Dad, what would it be? <laughs> oh, like the mage of Tovey Crescent. <laughs> the yeah, yeah I, I guess the, the oracle sorcerer, of the sorcerer of the so wait, 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 you said oracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the other one, the, the what is uh, what's the investor? Um, he's he's known as the Oracle of Omaha. The now Oracle not, of Omaha. And now I'm drawing a blank. He's he's like a gozillionaire. Um, it'll come to me. Right. Um, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. There you go. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah. See, and I discovered that by searching on my touchscreen phone, hey. which you have a part in inventing. Uh, all right. So, um, uh, Oh Yeah by Yellow makes another appearance. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Bow, bow. Yes. With the Ferris uh, Bueller song. Yeah. The KBBL yes. uh, jockeys. That's where, that, that's where that song came from. Because <laughs> I'm going... God, I, what movie was that in? Yeah. <laughs> Famously included in Ferris Bueller. Uh, they used it in Simpsons already uh, as Duffman's theme song, and yeah. it will return in later episodes as that. Uh, I actually was I was thinking when they were playing, I'm like, oh, is Duffman going to make another appearance? Because I associate that with him now, yeah. uh, which is unfortunate. Anyway, um, the uh, Clinton-Lewinsky scandal is, of course, touched upon, as uh, John mentioned. Um, uh, you know, back in uh, 1998 when... Uh, a sitting president was impeached uh, for, you know, just the worst possible thing I think a president could be impeached for. Um, definitely. Until recently, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the most heinous thing. The, the worst thing a president could do. Uh, you know, it's a surprise he wasn't impeached twice. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's, uh, you know, hasn't happened in history. 
Uh, oh, what's this? A notification on my phone. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, the the Clinton thing was uh, is just kind of briefly mentioned. Uh, those weird little crows in the fantasy sequence are Heckle and Jekyll. Are they from Disney? No, um, they're a cart. They're like a their own thing. Um, let me. I was gonna look up more, and I forgot to. But they appear in Homer Simpson's dream of his funeral. I like President Lenny. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I, it's I think that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, they were created by Paul Terry, uh, and it was originally produced at his own Terry Tunes Animation Studio, released through 20th Century Fox. So technically, Disney owns them now. All right. Um, but yeah, they were just called Heckle and Jekyll. They were little cartoon characters. I do remember them very because, like, yeah, it aired. Uh, the New Adventures of Mighty Mouse and Heckle and Jekyll was a TV show aired on CBS from 1979 to 1981. Uh, so I'm sure when I was a kid, there was probably some reruns at some point that I saw them in. Um, cause those are the, you know, that's one of those TV shows that like I vaguely remember, but I was a little too old to watch it when it was airing. It was like a, a rerun thing on, you know, classic cartoon channel or something. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Heckle and Jekyll, uh, everyone's favorite cartoon characters in 1998. Real dating yourselves there. Uh, Simpsons writers, uh, this is your life, of course, mentioned. Um, did you ever know about that? That was like a... TV a TV show. show, yeah, where it'd be like, but they were doing the episode where it's like, this is your life, and they'll do like kind of a, a celebration of like all the achievements you've had in your of life. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, weird that hasn't been, or maybe it has, but I was going to say weird that hasn't been brought back in the reality TV boom of like undercover boss and things yeah. like that, where yeah. it's like, you know, these weird yeah, ideas. It, it has been, it's called Facebook. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and then uh, Knight Rider makes an appearance. Of course, Kit, Kit from Knight Rider. And William Daniels himself voices uh, the character as he did in the TV show. Uh, our younger listeners may know William Daniels as the vo- as the voice and the body of Mister Feeney <laughs> from Boy Meets World. That's right. Um, but yeah, he was Kit from Knight Rider for a long time, and I believe I read that this is his only the only time he's voiced Kit outside of the TV show. So there was never any other like you know weird pop culture references where he voiced him and he did it because his kids liked the simpsons so there you go yeah um acdc on the yeah on the, in the is, gift shop. is in the gift shop uh just a <laughs> simple logo of acdc which is of course a play on the whole uh alternating current i gotta, get, direct a t- current. I gotta get the t-shirt that says screw this <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> with a little light bulb yeah yeah um oh yeah bart makes a quote he says uh, top of the world ma that's similar to the movie white heat white heat with um james cagney i don't know i've never seen it <laughs> white, <laughs> that sounds right <laughs> yeah it's a it's kind of a film noir we made it ma top of the world we made it ma the, top of the world then the he explodes quote. oh no <laughs> spoilers for white heat oh yeah um right. yeah. There's a book, uh, when Homer's in the library, there's a book called uh, Child's Garden of Edison, which is, I guess, based on a book by Robert Louis Stevenson called Child's Garden of Verses. Okay. Yep. Uh, And then the Hardy Boys make an appearance. Uh, There's always smugglers. And then uh, there's a reference to Mary Poppins when Frank says uh, the super calibristic uh, whatever. I can't remember the exact quote, but you you know what I mean. You didn't see the Hardy Boys. Uh, it's one of the books that Homer's reading in the library when he's the at school library in the school library. Uh, okay. He's like, this this book on Edison is great. And he's like, you know what else is great? The Hardy Boys. <laughs> it's like, this one's about smugglers. They're all about smugglers. Not this one. It's about pirates. The Pirates of Smugglers Cove. Yeah. <laughs> um, just did you ever watch, or watch? Did you ever read the Hardy Boys when you were a kid? No, I didn't. But I know that my grandma 
my dad's mom had a whole collection yeah. of them in 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 their loft in the condo that they lived in. Um, so I don't know if those were yours, Dad. Yeah, they were. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's very sad about it. Forty forty seven books with the same plot, same story, yeah. same outcome. And I mean, you know, that's kind of now nowadays those are superhero movies. So, yeah. um, but serialized books i uh it was a tv series for a pile of years as well yeah uh my Um, sister read nancy drew and so of course i was a young boy so i'm like i can't read that girl crap yeah so i was like oh there's the hardy boys that's for me i'm a boy yeah and so i read the hardy boys but then i also read nancy drew because i'm like well this seems cool too (laughs) and it was nancy drew's better so uh yeah gender norms be damned get out of here um, that's it for references that I had, uh, unless either of you picked up on anything else. No, that was good. You did a great job. Well done. Thank you. Um, I now approval. we head into our final segment, which is our favorite joke of the episode. So if you have a favorite joke, we want uh, we require you <laughs> to spotlight it here. Um, so if you have one in mind, feel free to voice it right now. If not... One that was in the episode? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a favorite joke that was in the episode. I'll go first while you think, because it's the uh, Edison's brain uh, <laughs> is behind this door. Uh, now, normally, tour, tours are not allowed in this room. And, of course, today will be no exception. <laughs> I love that joke. It's great, because he even removes the yeah. little velvet rope and <laughs> yeah, then puts okay, it back. That's, that's what you mean by the joke thing. Okay, yeah. i got to think real fast here now. Yeah. I will say mine, mm-hmm. as my dad thinks. Because mine is very similar to yours. Uh-huh. It is in the tour guide uh-huh. where he says, how many geniuses does it take to invent a light bulb? <laughs> Just one, one. Thomas Edison. And everyone in the crowd is like, oh, and oh, they clap yeah, for yeah, it. Okay. And then uh, one it's of funny. the... It's funny and true. It's funny. It's funny and true. It's true and funny. I like it. Like... It's just these cr- these these crowd lines that yeah. that I just really really love. It's reminiscent of the finger thing means the yeah, taxes. Of yeah. So I, I I always like that because it feels like the like the the rare moments in The Simpsons where the voice actors are allowed to riff a little bit. Yes. And come up with their own punchline, come up with their own joke. Um, was that enough time for you, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the only thing that comes to mind was a uh, grandpa that keeps busy <laughs> doing, he goes, uh, finish him, finish him, finish her, finish him, finish her. And that's, that's a, the only, that's another that's honorable mention for me as to well, mind right now. So yeah. Is the, uh, the punching. And then don't you remember when you were almost heavyweight champ? No. Finish him, finish him. Yeah. And that's great. There's there's a moment right before that where I gotta give Grandpa Simpson props. I just love Grandpa Simpson. Um, <laughs> is when they say Homer Simpson, welcome to your life, and he's just off. Yeah, he's a little slower. <laughs> like they're like Homer Simpson, and he says Homer Simpson, this is your life. This is your life. Because <laughs> <laughs> he needs them to cue him. Yeah, what the light is. It's very funny. I think he's very funny. Yeah. Um. Great. Uh, MVP. An MVP of this episode is Homer Simpson. Mine's Thomas Edison. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, probably Homer. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like Bart at the very at the very end when he's holding the newspaper on the toilet. That, that's the best one. <laughs> Do, Do you mind? mind? <laughs> Do you mind? Yeah. How lame. How, how about the lamos? You know? Like, oh, yeah. 
don't know what that was a reference to, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's just Bart being a a, a, a smart alecky kid. I think that's all it is. I don't think the Lamos is a reference to anything. There was something though that I remember I wanted to look up and then I forgot about it because I was eating a hamburger <laughs> <laughs> while we were watching. Of course, uh, but there was a weird little reference that I uh, I might get some corrections and omissions in our mailbag from. Right. So please do if you know this weird esoteric reference that I can't even remember where it was in the episode. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. There's a there's some homework for you listeners. <laughs> you know what? Overall. I give this episode a, a a thumbs up. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's fun. And it's good enough for yeah, me. I think so too. Uh, like I said, I think it it would easily fit in season nine in my regard, yeah. and uh, that means it's not like a perfect episode, but it's a it's a serviceable one that I enjoy overall. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough jokes that I enjoy that I and Homer does have some jerk ass tendencies, but yep. it's not enough for me to um, sour on the episode entirely. Um, and you know what? And like, even though like the the one moment I'm thinking of is when he comes into the bar and is like, "Everyone, shut up! Like, listen to me." Um, the the kind of purpose of that that I you know the the creators of the episode, um, I can't remember. Sorry, I should have my notes with me, but I don't. But the whoever actually came with the idea for the episode was not John Schwartzwelder. He just wrote the episode. But the idea came about because of the idea um, that when we as humans get like, and especially the writers get in. Uh, involved in something like a new fandom or like that kind of thing we, we tell everyone about it yeah you know like if anyone is ever like hey alan why do you like spider-man into the spider-verse so much like they should be prepared for several hours of dissertation yeah uh because i will happily talk for hours about that movie so uh you know and i like that idea of homer coming into the bar and just being like oh let me tell you all the things about edison and we all have the topic in our brains we all have the topic in our personality that would be we would be overcome with enthusiasm and just uh, take over the conversation and 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 just be like you guys just need to know more and more about this i need to and it would be a little too much yeah so what i'm trying to say is can you stop talking about the (laughs) spider-verse for a bit um (laughs) but also the 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 button at the end of that scene is the, is the I think the the worst jerk ass Homer and it's where Carl tries to join in and says yeah. something he's like you're boring everybody shut yeah. up yeah that's boring and I, I'm like come on Homer <laughs> I used to like that joke I'm not a big yeah. fan of it now yeah. um but I think that is all the time we've got for today yes so Alan hmm. thanks <laughs> <laughs> but mostly uh, Dad thanks so much for coming on the show and uh sharing with us uh, your experiences and your thoughts about this episode yeah you're welcome that was fun guys thank you you're right so on. welcome thank you for coming and uh alan if you wouldn't mind taking well, us out that's where i say all the plug stuff so thanks for listening everybody you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at bad neighbors pod you can email us at the bad oops uh the hammock district on third at gmail.com numerical three uh and you can subscribe to our patreon which as mentioned at the beginning of this episode our phantom menace commentary is dropping today as well so you can subscribe subscribe for two dollars a month gets you all of our bonus content which is usually at the very least two episodes a month sometimes some other ones sprinkled in there um and uh, let us know if there's any other uh, zombie episodes you want us to cover. I think we got some requests still in the pipeline, but d- don't stop them. Yep. You know, don't feel the need to stop requesting ones if you have ones uh, that you're interested in. I actually, I uh, Real Gems, past and future guest, uh, did a uh, recent YouTube review of an episode called Digs. 
which I've never seen, but the reason he did it is he said this episode needs to be talked about. So I haven't watched his review of it yet. I'm curious if maybe that's one we should do. Cool. So there you have it. Um, and then also we should play Simpsons scene it sometime and okay. record it and see if that works. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but that's just a peek behind the curtain. Uh, like I said, Patreon, Boathouse Studios on Patreon if you want to subscribe and get all our bonus content. Um, thanks again to John Wilson for joining us. And that's it. So thank you, everybody. Keep watching the skis.